When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Welcome to the show, folks. Very jam-packed weekend of sports. Let's just talk about what we've seen thus far in the NBA. We'll cover NHL Stanley Cup playoffs as well. And a little bit of a recap of the NFL draft. I definitely have some thoughts there. uh, Just because of how aggravating it was to watch uh, the news that developed during the NFL cycle. So... Uh, Let's get right into it. So with the NBA playoffs, we are almost through into the second round, but we still got, (laughs) we still got uh, a little bit to sort out still because we are coming down to Warriors Kings game seven in a series that realistically the Warriors are fortunate to still be in. I thought the Warriors were going to win this series. And the truth of the matter is, the Warriors have played themselves out of this series and are fortunate to still have a chance to uh, steal this series. Uh, Point blank, the Warriors had a chance to close out uh, the Kings in Game 6, got completely blown out the building. It wasn't even a a close matchup because the Kings went small ball with their lineup and the Warriors had no answer. I don't understand what was going on with Steve Kerr's lineup adjustments in Game 6, but when the Kings went small, the Warriors did not have an answer for the Kings straight up running up and down the court against them. Uh, Sabonis uh, is a non-factor basically at this point in the series. It's just coming down to can Malik Monk and uh, De'Aaron Fox continue to run circles around the Warriors? Because the truth of the matter is, the Warriors looked tired in this series. And I don't necessarily think the Warriors even have anything in the gas tank for the Lakers in the next round. And we'll get to the Lakers as well. But I don't think the Warriors even have anything in the gas tank for the Lakers, even if they get past the Kings. I think for the NBA sake, they may want, for a more competitive series, they may want to have the Kings advance here because... The Warriors don't seem to trust Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Mooney that much. And they're actually going to need those guys as opposed to Jordan Poole, who cannot play any defense. I said this in the outset when I did the preview. Jordan Poole cannot play any defense. He has to be uh, scoring at a high clip to justify his presence on the court. And he is doing neither. So, to me, Jordan Poole is the one who's got to go to the bench. Like... You know, you can bring Draymond off the bench, but somebody else has got to be in the starting lineup not named Jordan Poole if it's not Draymond. 
It, it, I'm telling you, if I see Jordan Poole in the starting lineup for Game 7 today, I'm just going to hammer the line on the Kings uh, at, as the overall bet. Because the fact of the matter is, the Kings have been the better team in this series. And unless I actually see tangible evidence that the Warriors have learned something from the, the prior six games, and seeing that, realistically, Jordan Poole gives them no ability to win this game as a starter and let alone playing 20 plus minutes uh, uh, per game. I I just don't know what else to say. It's pretty clear. The Kings are only a one point favorite. To me, if I see Poole in that starting lineup, to me, this is a minus four and a half line for the Kings. In my opinion, I think it's that large of a swing where realistically they have to find someone else to put in the starting lineup even if it's Draymond which I don't necessarily agree with either because with the small ball lineup Draymond's having too much of difficulty keeping up either so again it's not the easiest thing in the world but I do think that uh, the Warriors have to change up the starting lineup and the rotations uh and I think that means less uh, uh, less Jordan Poole and more Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Mooney. It, there's no, there's no other way of getting around it. Like they may not trust them, but those guys can at least play a modicum of defense more than Jordan Poole because the Kings are running them off the court with their speed. There's just there's no other way to get around it. And for not for nothing against the Lakers. The, uh, the Warriors would have the same issue because even in the year 20, LeBron is still running the floor harder than most of these other cats. It's not even close. Plus the fact that it seems like Draymond, it, it, Draymond would rather be teammates with LeBron than his own teammates right now in Golden State. Mainly because Draymond didn't get paid. But that's a whole nother matter uh, to talk about. But yeah, it, to me, this is clear cut. If the Warriors don't make any adjustments... This is going to be heavy in favor of the Kings. I, I, I don't see another way th- uh, this goes around. Uh, meanwhile, the retrospective of the Lakers beating uh, the Grizzlies uh, when the Grizzlies were a two-seed. Listen, I said this from the outset. The trades the Lakers made catapulted them into the playoffs. Uh, you know, For whatever reason, Minnesota decided to give the Lakers that out. It put the Lakers as a playoff team. As long as Anthony Davis is healthy, and that's a big if. <laughs> it's a big if because AD gets like gets a hangnail and seems like he's uh he's having issues. Uh, but I, I mean, listen, if Anthony Davis is going to play that well and efficiently, and they're getting the guard play and wing play out of uh, the combination of Schroeder and uh, D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves continues to be a problem on the wings as a shooter and still playing some defense, the Lakers are a tremendous problem. And if we can't get any improvement out of Phoenix, because we saw Phoenix lose last night to the Nuggets, and Phoenix is playing no defense, and the scoring outside of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant is almost non-existent. Chris Paul, miserable game one against uh, the Nuggets. And the less said about uh, DeAndre Ayton, the better. 
the Suns are getting no support outside of uh, what you're seeing from uh, Booker and Durant, and that's a problem because we saw this in the Clippers series. The Nuggets are better than the Clippers, <laughs> who didn't have Kawhi or Paul George, and Jokic will find uh, the best opportunity for uh, Denver to score. So if the Suns are going to play this way, Denver is going to find a way to uh, to win that series. The the Suns just got to play better. There's there's no getting around it. But the way the I'm seeing the West shift right now, this easily could turn into the Lakers actually winning the West. As crazy as that sounds now, because of the fact that you aren't getting the performances out of Phoenix that you should have. I don't, you know, in terms of Anthony Davis actually playing like he gives a damn again, th- this is actually the, s- the scary scenario for the Lakers. I-, I-, I think the Lakers pose a tremendous threat, and they're only 10-1 to 1 to win the West now. They were 50-1 to 1, uh, a couple of weeks ago when they were still scrambling to even make the playoffs. You know, it's crazy how life works out sometimes. But, be that as it may, let's talk about the East. Joel Embiid, undoubtful to make Game 1 against Celtics. Because of whatever issues going on with his knee, they're saying it's a sprained LCL, but a mere sprain isn't enough to take... uh, Takes someone out. They're, I think they're more concerned about the stability of the knee. The fact that he he's uh, he's still out because he missed the game four against the uh, the Nets. He hasn't played in over a week. The fact that he's still out has me wondering if uh, there is a very uh, significant injury that they're trying to stave off uh, with this uh, current scenario. Because the, the truth of the matter is is that it really shouldn't be a case of Embiid being out for game one. That that To me, that's the troubling sign for Philly is that Embiid seems to be that incapacitated. Now, on the other side of the East... Because of the elimination of uh, uh, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I will talk about Giannis uh, and his statement that there's no failure in sports. I won't get to it uh, in this episode. But I do want to spend some time talking through that. Because it sparked enough debate that it, it did spur my curiosity as well. But be that as it may. The Miami Heat knocking off... Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks has opened up a golden opportunity for the New York Knicks because the Knicks are only a minus 140 favorite for the series against the Heat. And honestly, I think that line is too small. It, realistically, uh, this is a series that dramatically shifts in favor of the Knicks, as far as I'm concerned. Because for my estimation, based off of the lack of Tyler Hero on the opposite side from Miami, New York's ability to defend Jimmy Butler with multiple looks from guys that they can rotate out between Grimes quickly and R.J. Barrett, 
to me, there isn't enough scoring on Miami to justify the Heat winning this series unless Jimmy Butler has the game of his life and goes off for multiple 50-point games, which I don't see happening in this series because I fully expect that the Knicks will be able to adjust to what uh, the Heat did against Milwaukee, that Milwaukee and Mike Budenholzer, you know, unfortunate circumstances regarding his brother, and we uh, send our regards. But the truth of the matter is, even with the off, uh, off-the-field off items that were going on, personally, inside the game, he was focused. He still did not pick up on the scenario that he was dealing with. Bam out of by running the point just so they could set up the high uh, high screen and roll for Jimmy Butler should not be some revolutionary concept. They've done that multiple times throughout the season. The Knicks are going to be ready for that. I don't see the Knicks running into the same defensive woes that the Heat, uh, the Bucks did against the Heat. I, I, I just don't see it. To me, I think the Knicks win this series two out of three times, so that's 67%. That's really minus 200 odds. You're getting the Knicks at minus 140. Uh, to me, this is pretty straightforward. I mean, even if you take the Knicks at minus uh two and a half, uh, you're getting well into plus 300 odds range. And it's not the craziest thing in the world that the Knicks win 4-1, in my opinion. I, I, I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't see this series necessarily going that deep. If, if Jimmy Butler can get what he wants, then yeah. The, and you know, they did, they did knock off the one seed, but, I don't think Milwaukee was playing to their capabilities as a one seed. To me, NBA is about matchups, and Milwaukee made no attempt to adjust in their matchups. I don't expect Tom Thibodeau to get caught as flat-footed as Budenholzer was in that series against Miami. That That's just the long and short of it. So to me, if the Knicks can't make the defensive adjustments to slow down Miami and Jimmy Butler the way he's been playing, then yeah, it'll be a short series. But on the flip side, I also think it's a short series for Miami in the opposite direction where if Jimmy Butler can't get going, you don't have Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson's been pretty much every time they try to plug him in there, he's got nothing to offer him. Unless you're getting contributions from the likes of a Max Struess or Kyle Lowry popping off randomly. Out of bio, I expect to get neutralized uh, pretty effectively uh when they roll through Mitchell Robinson and Hartenstein, I don't see Bam having a monster game. The Knicks are going to force Bam out of bio to shoot uh, mid-range jumpers, which I don't think the Heat want either. To me, this is a this is a case where I don't necessarily believe Miami has the tools right now without Tyler Hero. I think the Tyler Hero absence is going to get exposed in ways that. I don't know what Milwaukee was trying to do without uh, without here on the lineup, but uh, I think the Knicks are going to expose that uh, very critical uh, loss uh, uh, to to its full extent. So, to me, I think the Knicks win this series at least two out of three times. That should be minus two hundred odds, in my opinion. You're only getting minus one forty. Let's just call it a bet the Knicks, and uh, we move on from there. But uh, 
yeah, in terms of what we're seeing in this uh, Philadelphia-Boston series, hard to tell because we don't know what's going on with Joel Embiid's injury status. If Embiid's out and he that knee can't go, Boston's going to go through that series in five. If Embiid comes back and gets gets it uh, and and is in good form, this Boston team was struggling against Atlanta uh, for whatever reason. Uh, the defensive adjustments that the, uh, Atlanta was able to force uh, force out of Boston, it took way longer than I thought. For Boston to take care of Atlanta, they are not defending the way that they're supposed to. So it does give credence to the fact that James Harden should be able to uh, cause some trouble for the Celtics. And I definitely think that Tyrese Maxey is going to be a factor in this series. Now, again, this is still contingent on Joel Embiid being healthy enough to be in the lineup and cause uh, cause uh, problems in the back line. Now, because, again, I think it still comes down to Boston is not defending on the ball as effectively as I would have expected them given, the, given their talent. But I don't necessarily see this, uh, the scenario and pathway for the Sixers to come out on top of this series because... You know, the more I keep looking at the series, I'm more of the opinion that the Sixers have to figure out a way of managing Boston's ability to get easy buckets. And if Embiid's not there, I'm not I'm not necessarily seeing where the Sixers like because Boston's a minus four fifty favorite right now. Which basically tells you there's over an 80% chance that Boston's winning this series. I, I mean, I just... I I have a hard time saying that there there's a, no chance Philly's winning this series. Like, it's over 80%. I, 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 you know, I don't want to say to take the healthy stab against uh, Boston, not knowing the status of Embiid. But 80%, this is tied to Embiid's injury. If Embiid wasn't hurt, this probably is closer to a 200 line. The 450 is a, more of a barometer of how everyone is concerned about Embiid's injury. So, from my perspective, I would bet the Philly side for winning the series. Just don't bet it crazy. I think the bulk of your money should be tied to the Knicks beating the Heat. I just think it's a bad matchup for the Heat. But you can take a speculative bet on Embiid being healthier than the media reports are making it out to be. And that, uh, you know, if you get Philly with, uh, I mean, they're plus 350. It's not the worst thing in the world to, to take a shot at Philly, in my opinion. Because I do think that there's an opportunity for Philly to win this series, given the struggles Boston has had. So, that's what I've got for the NBA. We're going to take a a break and then dive into the Stanley Cup playoffs, because still plenty more to discuss there. 
with some of the matchups. So uh, stick around, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, folks, we are back with the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the team that, you know, folks were already appointing the greatest ever in the Boston Bruins is facing a Game 7 today against the Florida Panthers in the first round. I always tell folks, Stanley Cup, it reveals aspects of your game. And I saw this situation play out with uh, Tampa Bay a couple of years ago against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Highly favored. You know, everyone thinks it's going to be a cakewalk. And I kept saying this Florida Panthers team was being underrated. Even though the wins weren't there, a lot of it had to do with goaltending and just how bad the goaltending was. For parts of the season. The scoring was there. The goaltending was sus. Now Florida's gotten solid goaltending from Austin Lyon just enough. They're still they're still having to score a bunch of goals against Boston. Don't get me wrong. But now the question marks are old Mark is fading. Who's gonna be in net for Boston today? And again, I keep saying playoff hockey. There are things that you need to be able to do, and you don't want to be blowing games. Tampa got eliminated by Toronto. Yes, they got eliminated last night by Toronto. Yes, Tavares made the play to close out the series. That's not why Tampa got eliminated. Tampa got eliminated because when they had a chance to take better control of the series... They blew a three-goal lead. Again, they blew a three-goal lead to go down 3-1. They could have had this at 2-2 going into game five, which they won. They could have been up 3-2 last night instead of down 3-2. I'm telling you, if they are up 3-2 playing at home to close out the series... They beat Toronto. Instead, they're playing from behind, down 3-1. Scramble to win game five. Tight game six. Toronto got it done, finally. But they do not have the confidence to get it done if they're down 3-2. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just calling for what it is. The Tampa got cute. And it burned them. Because... The leads they blew against Toronto because they had the better run of play for most of that series, in my opinion. I thought Tampa outplayed Toronto. But 
Toronto had more skill, a little bit more firepower, and were a little younger. That's what it came down to. It's the little things, and Vasilevsky wasn't as dominant as he's been in the years past. Things happen. Some other guys need to step up. It just didn't work out for Tampa this year. Now, the Leafs fans were screaming for Boston. They don't want the Bruins if the Bruins actually get on track. Because the Bruins have yet to get on track this postseason. The offense still looks a little bit off from where it's been. It's not It's not a lock that uh, Boston takes care of business against uh, Florida today. It's not. There's a, there's a real chance that Boston loses to Florida. And completely upsets the balance of uh, the NHL playoffs that we as we know it. Because... Colorado's not looking hot. We got a game seven today between Colorado and Seattle. Where Colorado had to scramble to win game six. And if you watch the run of play, Georgiev hasn't been that solid in net for Colorado. Seattle might find a way to steal that series. And it's not necessarily stealing the series because they've been hanging in there with uh Colorado, it, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they knock off, uh, uh, they knock off Colorado. So, very interesting times in the NHL. But um, you know, from the looks of things, from and just looking at how the first uh, round played out. We got a situation where Toronto has a chance to make a deep run. That's why the Leafs fans are so excited. On the flip side, I think that most of these teams are still to be had. The Rangers have been dicking around the entire postseason. I mean, the first two games of the Devil Series... <coughs> Devils weren't ready to play. But I did say the reason why I thought this was a coin flip series is as the series went along, the Devils were going to force the Rangers to mature as a team and figure out what kind of playoff team they want to be. Because the Rangers were going to have to learn how to play a style of defensive hockey that they're not necessarily used to against a team that's faster than them. When they play... In the years past, and when they've played the Pens and the Carolina Hurricanes of the world, or even Tampa, the Rangers are usually the better skating team. They're not used to playing a team that's a better that's better skating than they are, and that's what the Devils pose with their speed. So the question was going to come down to: Were the Rangers willing to be able to get the puck in, force a? Uh, uh, New Jersey to turn defensively and be willing to stand in front of the net and, and cause some havoc in front of the goal. They started finally doing that against Schmid last night. Did not see that for three straight games uh, prior to that. The Rangers looked as bad as you could look in the playoffs uh, once uh, Detroit, I mean, the, uh, once uh, uh, New Jersey got into a bit of a flow in game three. And even Game 3 wasn't a good game by New Jersey. It was just 
as poor as New York played uh, the last couple of games. I think that Game 3 game was actually worse than Game 4 or Game 5. Game 4 or Game 5, I thought New Jersey finally started playing better. But the Game 3 is the one that the Rangers should be kicking themselves over because this could have easily been the sweep series with how New Jersey was playing. They didn't play well in Game 3. And if the Rangers had won that game, this probably ends up being a sweep. Instead, now they found it, found themselves in a protracted series again. And, you know, it is what it is. But in terms of the Game 7, who favors? Who the hell knows? I said this series is a coin flip to begin with. It's not a lock that the Rangers find a way to win this series still. They gave away most of their opportunities. But they do have the ability to knock off the Devils. There's no question about that. Even with the Devils' uh, talent, the Rangers have more than enough scoring power. And in terms of, again, maturity, the Rangers should be able to win this series. The problem with the Rangers is, and still saw it last night, so many careless turnovers that are preventable. I don't know what to make of the Rangers moving forward because... If they're that sloppy with the puck, they're going to lose to Carolina. Like, the Rangers have got to figure uh, figure out what they want to be in terms of a playoff team. Because just relying on skill alone ain't going to cut it. They're, everybody's skilled in the playoffs. So, the fa- all the fancy pass in the world is not going to help the Rangers. They have to be disciplined enough in their own zone and in the offensive zone not to give the puck away. Because the Rangers have been the sloppiest team in terms of turnovers by far in the postseason. They've they've given away the most turnovers per game. So, we'll see how it shapes up. But, it kind of comes down to just, again, how clean of a game you can play. Between these two Game 7s today, I expect Boston to take care of business. And I expect them to take care of business against Toronto in the next round. They had their scare. I expect Boston to be able to beat Florida. On the flip side, Colorado's scaring me from the standpoint of it seems as though Seattle has been able to get under their skin and as much as Colorado wants to push the pace and cause uh, cause trouble for teams, Seattle's been able to skate with them. So, to me, it's a it's a little bit of a daunting task that I don't think the Colorado necessarily... It's not that I think they're going to get knocked out as the defending champs. It's more of the fact that I don't see... I'm not seeing where they're having a deep run based off of what, what I'm looking at. It's like the, the thing that worries me the most about Colorado is the fact that when you look at when you look at the straight up when you look at how Colorado's played they give up a ton of high quality chances and it's not clean that's the, that's the issue i see with Colorado as you keep getting further into the playoffs i'm having a harder time seeing where Colorado makes it through past Dallas because I, Dallas did eliminate 
uh, Minnesota in fewer games than I thought. I thought that series was going to uh, going to seven, but we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna see how it plays out because I'm Dallas has played better than I thought, and if Colorado's gonna be that sloppy, Colorado's gonna get bounced by Dallas. And I picked the ass to make it to the finals against Tampa, but. Abs are not going to make it to the finals at the rate they're playing at. Like Edmonton will eventually get them if they keep playing this sloppy. So uh, we'll see. We shall see. But uh, interesting developments thus far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I highly recommend you guys uh, watch the games if you haven't been watching thus far uh, because you've been missing good playoff games. Uh, we haven't gotten to the great stage yet. Uh, but uh, definitely some pretty good hockey games uh, overall. Uh, I've been entertained. And the NBA playoffs have been pretty good overall, all things considered. So uh, definitely uh, a, a solid run of playoff games thus far. So we're going to see what the uh, next round uh, brings out of these teams. But, uh, yeah, still a lot of questions un- uh, unanswered with uh, the second round of the NHL playoffs. So uh, more to come there. But, uh you know, we will get to the NFL draft thoughts in another episode because I have more thoughts there, but uh, we got a short time and not nearly enough time to get into my full thoughts on the NFL draft other than the Eagles dominated the draft, which pisses me off, but we'll we'll get into the draft another time. So that's going to do it for now. Have a good one, folks. Enjoy the games, and until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.